J.T. Crowley is talking books. On the show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. Hello, I'm J.T. Crowley, and I'm welcoming back today for the second time Molly Arbutnot from Perthshire in Scotland to talk about two of her children's books, Oscar the Fairy Cat, the first book in her children's series, Oscar and Friends, and Peanut the Hamster. Now, I have to say, everybody, I love Peanut the Hamster. The 12th book in the series, which is due to be released at the end of February. I think it's the 29th of February is the launch date. But I'll keep my bias to myself here. <laughs> now, Molly came on the show just over a year ago. And that podcast interview, we talked about her books, Simon the Sloth and Oscar the Italian Cat. And I think it would be fair enough to say Molly has been extremely busy this year because there's lots coming down the line, everybody. Molly is a teacher, author, editor and academic from Scotland. She's passionate about promotion of children's literature. With a solid understanding of literature and the ability to read, she believes you can take on the world. I think she's right, everyone. Molly has attended several prestigious universities, St Andrews and some colleges in Cambridge. And she's also attended uh, to get her uh, another degree from Glasgow University. It's good to have you back, Molly, for your second um, interview with me. Uh, I know we've been chatting on and off throughout the year, but I think these new books, well, particularly as um, Peanut the Hamster coming out, is it's just amazing, everybody. The illustrations are just truly, truly, truly amazing. But that's not to the detriment of Oscar the Fairy Cat. So, Molly, Come and join me and talk to me about these two books that you want to talk about today. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you back. It really is. Now, Molly, I understand that since we last chatted, you've been very busy. Very busy indeed, everybody. Writing more stories, promoting your books and getting some new publishing deals. So before we venture any further... Molly, would you care to tell us, you know, all about the exciting things that are happening in your world of writing? You know, what's coming up and what's been happening to you, you know, in your writings over the last 12 months? Sure. Well, I, um, I put rather an ambitious target on myself to publish two books a year. And I've been trying to keep that going, though I, I managed one last year. Got two in the pipeline for this year, Peanut being the first one. Um, and uh, But then I've been balancing as well, finding uh, deals beyond the books. So I have a uh, just secured a publishing deal in America, which has taken a lot of uh, energy to get going and um, finding sort of venturing into a new place um, and continuing a deal in Greece as well as um, doing readings within the UK and, and Europe which I, I really enjoy doing as well. It is, it's exciting, it's exciting times for her everybody. 
Um, so the two books that we're going to look at today, uh, we're going to feature today, as I've already said, Peanut the Hamster and Oscar the Fairy Cat. And of course, both of these books are part of the Oscar and Friends series, everybody. So let's head off to Peanut the Hamster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be professional, John. Don't be biased. Which is a story about faith, hope, and never giving up. For you never know what's around the corner. And I have to say, the illustrations by Anastasia Morozova are just breathtaking, everybody. The colours, the details, the how these illustrations support the storyline. It, it's just magical. Um, so I want to go and say to you, Polly, um, why did you, you know, in this book of Peter the Hamster, why did you set the story around, you know, faith, hope, and never giving up and put a hamster in to tell the story? And of course the character, Paul. Um, well, uh, faith, hope, and never giving up are kind of three um, morals that are quite important in my life that I uh, try and live by. And so they kind of came into the story very easily. Um, the story itself uh, is based on a friend of mine um, who had a hamster called Peanut who um, was actually lost on a sleeper. Uh, it was found again in real life, but um, I kind of used that as the basis for the inspiration and the rest of the story sort of grew from there. I sometimes find you kind of uh, get your basic idea and then you write away and then you read what you've written afterwards and you wonder where on earth it came from, <laughs> but it just kind of does and then you just kind of roll with it. I wonder where the story came from. Now I know. Now we all know. <laughs> well, now I liked the opening in this book, Molly. Um, Peanuts, um, you know, is a hamster. He was a furry. He's got four legs, a big tummy, and his favourite food was, of course, peanuts. And within the first five lines of the book, um, for me, you've given the outline of the character Peanut so clearly that every child will immediately relate to Peanuts. You really will, everybody. You know, kids are going to relate to Peanut here within the first opening shots of this book. It's, it's wonderful. And the wonderful, wonderful, as says, the pictures of Peanut and his surroundings, all done in different shades of brown. So you, Molly, must be happy with the opening scene of this book. I would say you are really happy with it what do you say do you like the opening story to this book and the the colorations of the characters that you've had in there yeah i i, I have to admit i kind of had a secret crush on paul <laughs> really <laughs> he's, he's quite a um handsome protagonist um, not that I had any say in how he was going to come out. I think he looks a bit like Timothy Chalamet, um, the actor, and um, and he's very handsome. And so I'm very pleased <laughs> to have him as my main character in the story. 
Um, and the story itself is, yeah, it's, it's really nice. I catch the sleeper seat a lot from Dunkel down to London when I'm going down there for various things. So it's, um, it's a mode of transportation that I know relatively well. And so it's nice to have brought it to life in a story. Mm, I thought you were going to say that. I know she gets the sleeper train, everybody, mm-hmm. cause, but the, this, the train from Scotland down to, to London, yes, a lot of people get the sleeper train. They go overnight. It's something we do in the UK, everybody. Now, Peanut. Peanut travels anywhere or everywhere with his own paw, doesn't he? They, they need each other. They feed off each other. This is a beautiful uh, symbiotic relationship. You know, as you say, like Beauty and the Beast, Lady and the Tramp. So what's the story here and what's the message to children? I know we've briefly touched on it, but can you expand a little bit more? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, well, I mean, any kind of a collaborative effort is never it's never one person doing everything um even if you're the most accomplished organized incredible person in the whole world you just can't uh do it all everyone relies on others for various things to to kind of keep them ticking day by day so it's just kind of raising awareness of that i guess and um and the power that each person has on another person's life that they might not realize the influence they're having, but, but we all do. So to kind of um, inspire and encourage you to, to, I guess, give the best for yourself to anyone you come across on it on a day by day basis, because um, you don't know the, you don't know what's happening to them and you don't know the impact you could potentially positive impact you could potentially be having. You know, when I look in the book, I was fascinated with, and I don't know where you got this idea from, but I'm going to ask you, where did you get the idea of, um, because yes, Paul is, uh, the character Paul, he's a famous author, but it's Peanut who has the inspirations. So that's what they need each other. But I was fascinated, you know, where on earth did you get the idea of connecting a wheel to a typewriter. Um, I don't really know. I have a I have a slight um, thing. Well, about the wheel, I was because uh, we're maybe going on to this later. But the charities, I always work with a charity with my books, and I was really wanting to work with the charity that um, is involved with hamsters. But I was told that the wheel was too. Uh, too small in relation to the hamster. So, so anyone who's wanting to have a topographically, anatomically correct book, um, just uh, go easy on me because it's not, um, it's not supposed to be completely uh, realistic in that respect. But um, yeah, the, the, I guess the, I don't know, the wheel and the typewriter, they're all kind of, um, they all work by mechanisms, I guess. So um, they just kind of seemed a fitting match. It does. And when you look at the book, everybody, you know, you've got Peanut on his wheel and it's a bit attached to the typewriter. It's fascinating. It really is. Now, Paul's life goes to pieces when Peanut disappears on the sleeper train from London to Scotland. What's happening here? Now, we both know what's happening. 
but would you like to tell the audience what's happening here? Because this is an important bit of, uh, you know, because Paul relies on Peanut here. So this is devastating for him, isn't it? Um, yes. Well, I mean, I guess uh, all all my stories that I write kind of tend to have, well, any story has to have a kind of climax and then um, the characters get over it. So that's kind of, I guess, the climactic point. Um, change is always quite hard for anyone to uh, grasp or, or come to terms with. And so um, in this respect, it was a change um, that... Uh, that was tricky for for Paul to manage because suddenly he was completely on his own. And as I said earlier, it's, it's really hard, especially in a creative industry being completely on your own because you just can't physically do everything. And so um, for him, he's not only lost his friend, but he's lost the inspiration behind his work. He has everyone and his life falls apart, but Wait for it. Um, now, Molly, something extraordinary happens when Paul gets on another train years later. Um, you know, some years have passed since he last saw Peanut. Can you tell us briefly what's going on in this part of the book? Um, sure. Well, Paul has had to adapt to his life living on his own and he can't find ideas for his stories um, I mean, I guess sort of that's more, it's not physically just having lost uh, a peanut for Paul, but it's more that it kind of is relatable to anyone because I find particularly if I'm writing a story or having an idea, I need to be in the right headspace. I need to have the time. I need to have the uh, create opportunity for the creative imagination. And so if there's anything in anyone's life that suddenly alters, it's really hard to sometimes keep hold of that. So everyone has their kind of moments of, of ups and downs. And so it's kind of to relate that to, to anyone who might be experiencing that. And uh, Paul's, uh, Paul's very poor now and he, he can't write and he, uh, in a kind of, in a sense of ticking boxes, he, he's ticking very few. And, of course, the story continues because Peter actually has a little family. And I'm not going to reveal what happens there, everybody, because if you want to know what's happening, <laughs> simple. On the 29th of February, when the book is launched, go and buy it. It's cute, everyone. It's cute. I've, I've, asked, I've asked Molly, everybody, for four copies, but I've told her I want them signed because <laughs> I have got four um, very young um, kids in mind who will just devour this book. There you go. I can't say any more. <laughs> I think I've I think I've done Peanut here. So let's leave Peanut there and move on to the second book you wanted to talk about, Oscar the Fairy Cat. Now, of course, Oscar the Fairy Cat was the first book that you wrote in Oscars and Friends, Molly. And it's the the story of an ordinary cat whose life has been turned upside down when he finds himself um, alone on a ferry boat, searching for new friends. The story is about friendship and coming to terms with loss. That's the underlying message here. So... I was fascinated as to why you, you know, your first book was about friendship and loss. 
and and why actually put um, the character Oscar on a ferry boat? So, could you tell us? Um, sure. Well, uh, firstly, the ferry boat is because we lost our cat Oscar on a ferry um, ten years ago from today. Actually, well, not from today, but ten years ago from this summer, um, twenty fourteen. Uh, he got out of our car. And we never saw him again. So um, that was kind of the reason for starting to write the story. Um, and then in terms of this sort of friendship and loss, um, at the time of writing, I was experiencing personal sort of emotions of those feelings. And so it was kind of my way of of understanding them. I mean, I guess in life, I've never been very good at kind of coming to terms with uh, people coming into and going out of one's life. I kind of just want them always to be in it. And with the best one in the world, that doesn't happen. And so it's kind of my way of of kind of recording people who've who've been an important part in in my life and for whatever reasons aren't, aren't in it so much anymore. And of course, in Scotland, the, the the ferry boats are used quite a bit, you know, to get from the islands to the mainland. So there are quite a lot of ferry boats. They shuttle back and forth between the islands, don't they? Um, yes. Well, um, ideally, when they're when they're always running, when they're running, sometimes <laughs> they they break down or there are delays very frequently. But generally, that's what they're supposed to do. Yes. Yeah, because that was the idea. That's where the, the that's where the ferry boat really does come from. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fascinated, you know, when I look at uh, the book, the the friends that you gave Oscar throughout the book. You know, we've got Sammy the seagull. Where did that idea of um, you know Oscar clambering on the back of the seagull, you know, to you know, uh, to go and explore things. Where did that come from? Um, I mean, like all the stories, it's kind of just based on on animals I see and um, and characters that that might be on a ferry. I mean, why not put them on a seagull? There are seagulls around ferries, and so it seems like a good uh, good sort of adventure for for us to have. Yeah, I can I can understand that. And then we've got also in the book, um, we've got, you know, Robert the Rat. And I suppose, yes, they probably wouldn't own up to it, but, yeah, they might have some rats on the boats. Um, but it's just curious as to how you've built these characters, you know, Sam and the Seagull, and here we've got Robert the Rat, and the little story around Robert here. Do you want to just... Give us a little insight as to the story between, you know, Oscar and Robert here, rummaging um, around yeah. things. I mean, I guess it's more, well, the characters were just characters that you would have happened to find on the ferry, but the kind of whole meaning behind the story is kind of a bit broader than that, in that it's Oscar, who's a cat, who's just, I mean, he doesn't have to be a cat, he could be a human, it could be just a character who's, trying to kind of find his place in the world by kind of interacting with lots of different people who do different things. And so you kind of just relate the actions of the animal to to what they do. And then 
Oscar naturally doesn't quite fit because he's not a rat and he's not a seagull and he's not a captain or he's not a chef, but he's kind of a character who always just tries his best. And so whatever the character in question is doing or telling him to do, he kind of tries and does as well. Um, but uh, but um, the um, and then the overall meaning is that he kind of can't find contentment with any of them until he finds a character that he can relate to. Of course, yeah. So Charlie's the chef in the book, everybody, <laughs> and Colin's the captain. And there's one little uh, illustration I absolutely loved in this book, and it's. Well, Colin the captain has taken the uh, Oscar up to the bridge and you've got a little caption there of <laughs> Oscar holding the wheel of the boat. Where did you get that idea from? Yeah, well, that was that was um, my wonderful illustrator, Agnes's um, creative mm. inspiration. But he is, I mean, one of, he is, he does have a go trying to steer the ferry. And so naturally he would be behind the wheel trying to steer it. <laughs> and of course it's now, this is important, everyone, that Colin the captain introduces, I think I'm right here, he introduces Oscar to Mercy. Yes, that's right. And of course Mercy is a lady cat. Yes, named This is you. You've introduced Mercy here in this book because... Mercy also appears in other parts of the series, doesn't she? Um, yes, well, the idea is Oscar meets Mercy at the end of the first story, and then Oscar and Mercy go on and have amazing adventures together all over the world. So that's why I was saying. This um, a little bit is coming towards the end of the book here, everybody, and yes, Oscar's introduced to Mercy, and this is Molly just giving you a hint that there is more stories about Oscar and Mercy coming down the line in other books. They um, are yeah. fabulous. <laughs> now, Molly, you and I both know that you've got some new publishing deals and you've been working hard on your promotions over the last 12 months and you've got some tours coming up for uh, both Oscar the Fairy Cat and um, Peanut the Hamster. So let's concentrate on Oscar the, the Fairy Cat. What's unfolding here? What's exciting here? Where in the world are you going with Oscar here? I know everybody, but I need to get Molly to tell you all because it's really exciting. Um, well, first, um, we are, uh, well, we're working on an animation mm -hmm. um, that is uh, coming together slowly. Uh, and we're recording the voices for that in March. Um, and then... Beyond that, I'm going to America in May with Oscar the Fairy Cat to do um, kind of um, book work in New York, Washington, and Chicago. And when's that going to... Well, that's May the 14th around there? Uh, May the 14th, it launches in New York. We're still finding a venue at the moment. Um, and then I'm going to travel around Washington and Chicago as well. Ah, and that, everybody, was 
Um, I have to say this, uh, we on Web Talk Radio have helped and supported Molly here, and that's where she's got her little um, her deal with everybody. Yes, it's all thanks to you. <laughs> we have supported Molly here, and this is what we do when we interview the authors. We do our very best to support the authors um, to um, you know get their books promoted and get themselves out there. <laughs> now, Peanut. I'm sorry. I just like Peanut. Now, that's going to be uh, launched by a different uh, publisher because in the one for Oscar the Fairy Cat is Select, isn't it? Select Books. But this is the one for Peanut is, is Candy Jar, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's right. Candy Jar, who I've been working with for all my previous books based in Cardiff. And we're going to have, uh, like you said, the launch on the 29th of February in London Museum of Water and Steam. Wow. Are you looking forward to that? Uh, yeah, I am. It's beginning to come together. There's always quite a lot of an anxiety before such events that that something might go wrong. But it seems to be all okay so far, touch wood. And the, the books have actually arrived. And so that's a big relief. <laughs> and um, uh, And now it's just kind of gearing up and getting ready and having fun. Now, I want my copies, please. And I want them signed. <laughs> Don't think you're yeah. getting away with them, not signing them, Molly. Believe you me, I want my copies of Peanut the Hamster. I have Unfortunately, some... my illustrator's away in Sri Lanka at the moment, so they won't be signed by her, but um, I'll make sure they're signed by me. Oh, definitely. Or I'm sending them back to you for a signature. Because <laughs> <laughs> they might be worth a lot of money, everybody, in years to come by. I should be telling my youngsters, don't crease the pages, keep them nice and tidy, keep it clean. And once you've read it, put it away. Mm -hmm. Keep it. It might go on Antiques Roadshow one day. Oh, yes. <laughs> Molly, who do you see as your, um, your market for your books? You know, who do you want to see reading your books? Um, anyone, really. I feel like the sign of a good book means that any age or any person can enjoy it. I don't I don't really um, agree with the way that uh, picture books are kind of um, uh, shoeboxed into being for kind of early readers or people learning to read, because um, I feel that a good picture book, you can get anything out of any age. There are loads of books... I'm reading, I've just started reading Little Prince. Um, not that it is a picture book exactly, but it's kind of a book for, for a younger child. And um, I get so much out of it. And and Sean Tan's books, amazing as well. So, so I feel that kind of um, hopefully if the book's good enough, I feel like the sign means that, that an older reader will enjoy it as well. I agree. I enjoyed it. Um, where can people get your books from, Molly? Um, they can get them through my website, um, which is www.mollyabathnot.co.uk, um, and I will be uh, shipping them out, or they can come to the launch. 
I'll have all the books there. Um, or I can come to uh I can come to their school and do a reading if they like and bring my books that way as well. So there are lots of options. They are technically, well, most are available on Amazon, but I try and um discourage the uh the Amazon um purchases because um, I feel like Amazon has such a monopoly over everything already that <laughs> um, we'll move on from that really bit there. <laughs> you can get them from Amazon, everybody, if you want them. <laughs> um, do you enjoy writing books, Molly? Um, yes, I do. Someone was asking me this the other day, and I feel that you have to keep the love alive. Otherwise, um, you're not prepared to put in the work. So um, I kind of have to keep it fun I don't have as much time these days to to write as I'd like but but beyond that um beyond that I do I I love it's the most best way I feel that I can kind of share um share experiences and share knowledge with with people around me and hopefully encourage them to write too well, that's the life of an author, really. You've got to balance up between, you know, promoting your books and then writing the next one. That's just life for a writer. You know, you've got to do it so much a day and, and then make out, you know, talking to people about your books and, and coming home and writing the next book because your characters are always saying to you, come on, where's the next storyline coming from? <laughs> yeah, they're my, my 12 children keep me very busy. <laughs> They do. They are your children, these characters, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> they, are. they are, everybody. And if they're not your children, if they, if you don't love your characters, then it's not going to come across in these fabulous books of yours. You know, the series of Oscar and, you know, and Friends, that series. They are wonderful, everybody. Absolutely ideal for young kids and really also ideal for parents or guardians or friends or grandparents to sit and spend some time with their grandchildren or guardians or any child to sit and look at the book and read it. I've had my say there, everybody, but both books are a sheer delight, but I've got to go with Peanut, sorry. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed everybody that little chat today with Molly Arbutnot from Perthshire in Scotland. I certainly have. It's been very welcome to you know, have her back on the show again and I hope she comes, keeps coming back. Um, we've supported her and we've done lots of things to help her. Um, so all it leaves me now to say is I'm JT Crowley. Thanks for listening wherever you're in the world. Until next time, stay safe. <laughs>